Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. You're actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on You know, I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Calamino here with you. Uh, Emil, you didn't hear the normal intro, right? You know what that means? Again. Yeah, yeah. just means blog talk radio sucks. And if you're out there listening, just please know that. How do you really feel about that? Oh, they suck, my friend. I'm going to let everyone know that. Definitely have to move on. That's on the to-do list for 2017. Move on. When you can provide absolutely zero, and I mean zero, customer service for your product, it really is time to just bounce. Guess what, guess what, well, let's, guess what your Italian buddies to-do list includes today? What's that? Booking a trip down to see you. Not just to see you, to see uh, South Beach. South Beach. In the wintertime. Yes, I must, yeah. I must be like the northerners. Pretty soon I'm going to be looking for the 5 o'clock buffet, uh, but I must get to Florida in the wintertime. Yeah, uh, not a bad idea for you folks covered in snow. It's actually a little bit of a cool day out here today. Um, Yeah, what is it, 80? It is not 80, my friend. It is not 80. It is a bit of a cool day, as I was saying. I'm trying to find 61 degrees down here in good old Florida. God, my, my heart aches for you. Get the violin yeah. drink. Oh, it's only 61 degrees. What are your your legs cold in your shorts? It's 38 in New York. It's uh, what do we got? What do we got for some temps here? I you know I usually have these things on deck here. What do you got today? Uh, we'll probably get up to a high of 35. Maybe I have a little uh, uh, dusting of snow. As you remember what those are from your days in the north on my deck in the back. It's a uh, it's a uh, 
actually a nice day for December 30th in the north. You know, uh, Michigan is down here for the uh, for the Orange Bowl tonight, um, and it's a right. good deal for them. It's 28 in Ann Arbor today, so oh yeah, um, I'm sure they're yeah. I mean, hey, it's a good deal. I'm sure they're having fun. Hopefully, not too much fun if you're Michigan. Yeah, Florida State and Michigan tonight uh, going to be an interesting football game between these two. Trying to figure out the uh, motivation for both folks. It is the Orange Bowl, so I suppose. Being a major uh, bowl game, uh, both sides should be motivated. But I feel in every bowl game, one team is uh, more motivated than the other, and uh, just trying to figure out who that would be. Is Michigan really in that game? Good? I'm going to make a pick on it later. So you know, there's a tease that we didn't even plan. See how good we are. I'm going to make a pick on that game later. Outstanding by you there, my friend. A tease on that one. Uh, we're going to have four bowl game picks today. Um, so we can get to an even 10. I think I'm sitting at, what am I sitting at right now? Four and two, is that correct? Yeah, you're bold. You're four and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're both doing well. I mean, you're four and two. You, you little losing streak you got to fix uh, there, and I'm five and one. A little winning yeah, streak. Four, four and two, five and one, doing some things. we got to pick the hardest week um, to pick NFL football games because teams sit guys, and, you know, you just don't know how things are going to unfold. So we got to wade our way through that and give you some NFL picks here today. And, of course, the fantasy football focus. Uh, that is coming up on the show today. And during the next hour of uh, of uh, the Gridiron Stud Show here, Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. So we're uh, looking forward to doing that. You were talking about motivation in these games, Chad. And I have to say something before we even jump into anything you want to talk about. I am so mad at myself. I, you know, I, mean, I get in these bowl pools. You know, you put up five bucks or something. You pick all the games. So you know, there's not a ton of money at stake. It's fun. And I really missed one on motivation yesterday. And I, I, I swear to God, I think you may have you may have called this one. Um, what was going on? I mean, Colorado just they just checked out for that game before it ever started. It looked like I mean they were just getting abused, totally abused. Well, Team that was not a, a winning team. The team was doing a whole lot of winning. That ended up playing in the Pac-12 championship game, and I think that was the season for them. Um, you know, the, that game was the end all for them. I think even if they wanted Amel, they may have been this kind of team anyway in the bowl game. Um, having if they would have won the Pac-12, refresh my memory. Where would they? Where would they have? Have been. Would they have been probably in the, Rose the Rose Bowl? They would have ended up in the Rose Bowl, and you know, I'm sure the Rose Bowl right now is doing a collective. <laughs> I mean, I remember some people saying uh, when when they lost to Washington, you heard some of these these talking heads going, "Well, you know, maybe maybe they should put Colorado in the Rose Bowl." I mean, they did win the South, and you know, anybody who watched the games is sitting there saying, "You don't want Colorado in the Rose Bowl if you're the Rose Bowl." <laughs> I mean, we could be sitting here and saying that Colorado's a bad team. This was not the Colorado team that you had this year. No, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just saying I don't – I think Colorado did – I think the coach did a wonderful job this year. I think they played a little bit above their talent set, and and they were a well-coached team. And if they're not, you know, hyper-motivated every game – they're not – let's put it this way. They're not a team that can sleepwalk against a a good team and be competitive. They need to be – fully engaged and that showed last night i mean they didn't seem whatever i'm not going to take anything away from oklahoma state they're a good team as well but i mean colorado is not 30 points worse than oklahoma state 
I think whether they won the Pac-12 championship game or not, uh, they would have been this kind of team because I think the Pac-12 championship was everything for them. I think even if they would have went to the Rose Bowl, I don't know that you would have gotten the maximum uh, out of Colorado. That might sound crazy, but there isn't a historical connection to the Rose Bowl for Colorado. They were a big eight uh, football team. Um, they, they, you know, It's just not one of those things where you, this is a traditional Pac-10 team that, uh, you know, the Rose Bowl was kind of everything if you weren't playing for the national championship. So I think that playing for the championship of the conference was it for them. And uh, anything yeah, after that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And you, you did like my comment to you. I couldn't help sending that to you. I mean, I didn't watch. I saw the first half of the Arkansas-Virginia Tech game, and then my wife and I went out to grab something to eat. It was on in a bar. It was it was 24 nothing. The second half was was starting. And I just stopped paying attention. I look at my phone. It's 24-14, 24-21. Then I saw they're down 28-24, and I think that's when I sent you that note saying, what did they do, serve like a halftime buffet in the Arkansas locker room? I mean, my God, it's, it, was like, it was like the, the yeah, team didn't come out for the second half. I certainly didn't see the first half of the game, Emil. I was out doing a training session. Um, saw the score, though. Saw 24 nothing, and I was like, okay, well, that's a little that's a little weird. You know, Virginia Tech didn't come into the game as a favorite. And uh, by the time I made it home, it was a 24-21 ball game. And I, I believe I came in time to see Virginia Tech's drive for the go-ahead score. Hard to understand. Yeah, uh, what- you, yeah, you did. And, you know, I mean, I actually am starting to wonder, you know, what direction Arkansas is going with Bielema. I mean, they don't really, in my opinion, and maybe yours is different, I don't really see any jump in improvement. And I'm not just going by the results yesterday. I'm saying, you know, they don't, you know, they win the games they kind, you kind of think they can win. Every once in a while, they'll step up and play better than expected. But, you know, in a lot of games this year where I expected them to play well, I mean, they just got absolutely drilled. I mean, they, you know, their home in that LSU game sticks out. If you, I still remember because I made a pick on that game. And, uh, you know, they went in there, and, I mean, LSU just took them apart. Uh, so, I, you know, folks were talking about that on Twitter last night, about, you know, Billman's record there in, compared to, you know, Houston Nutt and guys before him. And it's not very pretty. Let's just remember that, you know, Billman made this move to the SEC because he was upset with, you know, the Big Ten. And the fact that he couldn't hold on to assistance and he didn't have a good uh, assistant, um, you know, payroll pool uh, to pay guys. And he just kept losing them and he got tired of it. So he said, well, you know, the SEC seems to be able to do whatever. Let me just go to the SEC. So he got a job with Arkansas. But, you know, it's not. Yeah, well, I mean, the highlight of their season, Chad, I'm looking at their, you know, their their record here. Their season's complete. I mean, nowhere to lie. I mean, the, the highlight of their season is going to end up being that upset win against uh, your son's team, Florida. I mean, the rest of this, I mean, they have a one-point win against Louisiana Tech. TCU ended up being not much. They beat them by three. They have a win against Texas State, a win against Alcorn State, a win against Ole Miss, who turned out not being very good, and a win against Mississippi State. And we know they aren't very good. So, I mean, and everything else, they, they basically lost – a lot of games that they should have lost or you would expect them to lose, and they even lost to Missouri in the process. So I'm not sure they got any better. No, uh, and and, by, and because of what was expected coming into this season, they're expected to be a, a good team, certainly better than what they were. I think Brett Bilema has put himself on the hot seat 
And so it's going to be it's going to be a tough season for him coming up ahead. He, you know, he's going to have to he's going to have to show something in this coming season, or you know that job's going to be in jeopardy. And that this will be his job will be one of the talks this offseason. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to step it up, step up his game, or uh, you know, he's gonna be. You're right. He'll go. He'll still stay there, of course, but he's gonna be on the hot seat. Yeah, I, I think much to the delight at this point for uh, a lot of folks is that the SEC, I believe, is one in three in bowl games, and you know, everyone hates the SEC because they feel his favoritism showed to them. I have never um, taken much out of the strength of a conference based on the bowl games, because I happen to know that a lot of what happens in the bowl games is what I began this whole segment talking about, is that the motivation. I mean, some teams just don't want to play the bowl games, and it doesn't really speak to the strength of or weakness of the conference. I mean, we talked about I think there's some games you can glean. I think there's some games you can glean into and figure that both teams should want to play, and if they don't, that's their fault. Like tonight, I see no reason Michigan State and Michigan and Florida State shouldn't be excited to play one another. They're two of the, you know, Michigan certainly in that blue blood category, and Florida State very close. I mean, uh, both having good seasons, uh, big game. It's you know, big. A lot of fans should be at the game. It won't be a game with ten thousand people there. There's no reason they should. You know, if they don't want to, that's on them. But a lot of these other games, I'm with you. It's like you know, you have to you have to factor that in because when you get some of these bigger programs that are traditionally in better bowl games and playing for championships, they're in some bowl where they happen to have a seven and five or an eight and four season, and they're sending them to some far you know far fetched place. Yeah, yeah, you have to factor in that they, they probably might not be real excited about being there. Yeah, um, and and that happens every bowl season. There's no way around it. That's just the truth of the matter. You know, if you're picking these things, whether it's some type of you know office pool or something of that nature, it gets to be uh, it gets to be difficult, and you can get burned on teams that just aren't going to show up to play. So, you know, I don't know who that is in these remaining. But well, I got I have a few ideas. Let me not let me not say that. But uh, going to be interesting to see how some of these things unfold. And again, we are going to have some, some bowl game picks coming up. Uh, University of Miami, that was one of your picks that were a winner. Um, the first bowl victory in 10 years, Amol, I think we discussed this at, um, on Monday uh, when the picks were being made. Uh, it's good to see that awful streak ended. The last time there was a bowl victory for the University of Miami, Larry Coker was the coach. Just to give you a little bit of perspective, that's three, four coaches ago. And yeah, so and you're a little bit of a wise guy too. When the score, I mean, I was getting nervous on my pick. It was seven nothing West Virginia, and the Miami midway through the second quarter, the Miami offense looked like you know it stayed in on the bus. So I send you a note uh, if Miami's offense would like to show up at any time, it's welcomed. And and as I'm hitting send, a Miami kid is catching what I think was a you know some sort of post or whatever, but he's running across the field all the way down to like the West Virginia one. And I knew I said, oh boy, here it comes back. Is that okay or something? <laughs> I don't know what you said back to me. The message came in, Armand Richards was weaving his way through the West Virginia defense uh, en route to a touchdown. So, um, And then it just kind of went from there. I, I just knew watching the game, West Virginia had blown all types of opportunities to put themselves in position to win the game. And I just felt like it would be a matter of time. Um, they kept they were getting great field position. Miami was starting drives inside the 20, inside the 10. 
and uh, West Virginia was getting the ball at or around midfield, and just we were not getting in the end zone. The West Virginia is a team that really thrives off of scoring. I mean, they got to get in the end zone and score, and uh, that just wasn't happening for them. So I knew it would. Yeah, you didn't feel they were going to win. Like a, you didn't feel it was going to be a 17-10 win. You felt like for West Virginia to win, they've got to get into the low 30s. Yeah, I mean, you're from the Big 12, okay? West Virginia did happen to be one of the teams that played some kind of defense in the Big 12 this year, but you're from the Big 12, and uh, you're going to give up some points. You're going to give up four touchdowns. That's just mandatory in a game like this, and, and they were blowing their opportunities to match that. And as it turned out, 31-14 – you got to feel good about this Miami team if you're a Canes fan. A lot of young talent out on the field. I mean, Amon Richards, the, guy, the very guy I was talking about, is a true freshman. Uh, broke Michael Irvin's, uh, broke some records by Michael Irvin. Um, looks to be an explosive player. I think Miami's going to get Brad Kaya back for another year. That's going to be big for them. Uh, I see this team winning double digits next year. I can see. I do too. Wins. Is it all right if I'm excited? I'm a pseudo Canes fan, sort of. Yeah, we we know that. So can I be uh, excited? You said unless Kyle. I'm excited. I think this. I think this team. I think this team could win the ACC next year. Oh, very well could happen. Very well could happen. I'm not in love with. Um, obviously, Clemson's going to lose a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, someone should have won the trophy. So you got to replace him, uh, as well as some others. Um, I'm not all that high on Florida State. You're going to be losing now. You're going to be losing the second part of the two biggest recruits you've had in, uh, you know, in your team's history, in your program's history. Jameis Winston's gone. He's playing in the NFL. And now Dalvin Cook is leaving. So for all these Florida State fans that have been living it up, they better enjoy it because the two, you know, arguably the two best players in the last 20 years of your program are now going to be out of it come next year. And then now I think it's back to – and what's the, what's the other lesson here in this in this Miami thing is you know mid season when Miami was losing four games in a row three of them very close you know you got a bunch of people first year in the program belly aching you know oh look at Mark Rick well, we're no better than when we had Al Golden but you know you, you give the guy some ch- a chance it's his first year he's making changes they end on a five game winning streak and. Boy, doesn't Mark Rick look like a good coach and a good pick, a good hire right now? Yeah, you know, there are some of those that would say, well, you know, he did stuff like this at Georgia. You know, um, can he get over the hump? That's going to be the biggest thing to see. Can he accelerate this thing to the next level? Uh, No one thought he'd come in here and be a 500 coach. Everyone, I think, pretty much felt like he'd be better for this program than an Al Golden. It's just can he get things back to where all Kane's fans Wanted to be, and that's 11 and 1, 12 and 0 national championship playing for being in this college football playoff every year. That's the expectation yeah. that we had down here, and that's what's going to fill the and stadium. I, and I and think Kane, I think you're comparing I think you're comparing apples to oranges. First of all, you know Georgia. You know we we, we know the problems with playing in the SEC, even if you are in the East, you still have to deal with your Floridas and now Tennessee's back. But even if you only say at the time he was there, it was basically Florida and South Carolina. Then you look across at the West and you're staring down Alabama and LSU and Auburn. And I think, I think it's a little bit easier task here. I mean, right now, I don't count Louisville as a team that's going to be great every year. I mean, they have, they have an all-time talent right now. I mean, you, you know, really, if he can figure out how to, you know, fix the Florida State issue and stop losing to them, 
you know, it's Florida State and Clemson with him. So, I mean, I, I think it's an easier task for him. Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely agree with you on that. All right, we got to jump into a break here. When we get back, we're going to start talking about some of these college football bowl games, and we'll leave the NFL for the final segment. We'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. This is the to all you high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. This is the end, beautiful friend. We're going to be rocking at doors all day today, Emil. Great fun. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Rocking the doors. Uh, yeah, the doors. Uh, we'll be singing This is the End, My Friend. Um, until it is the end. But nevertheless, we're back from our really very short break. Uh, just a note to you folks out there. Um, now is the time for you to get free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plan. So call today, 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance Obamacare is now available from November 1st to January 31st. But it's urgent that you call today. It's 954-278-8696. Let them know you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, open enrollment comes once a year. This means the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. So don't miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. So again, call 954-278-8696 or visit them on their website. That's www.optimumnationalinsurance.com. www.optimumnationalinsurance.com. All right. Uh, we've got some bowl games coming up. Actually, some good ones. All right, listen, Amal, I've not been the most – how much have you watched of bowl games? I've not been that much of a, a strong watch uh, on the bowl games thus far. Haven't been all that – been busy, uh, I will say that. Um, and, uh, you know, also, these haven't been the most interesting matchup. So how much have you watched in terms of bowl games? Give me a percentage of the bowl games that you've watched. Uh, well, I mean, I may have glean- I may have got eyes on say eighty percent of them, but if you're talking about total plays and games, probably twenty percent of everything that's been played. I mean, it's hard to watch if you start from the very beginning of these bowl games. I mean, we we made fun of the ones back on the seventeenth and when they started, and you know, I mean, this week just go through the early games. I mean, Army North Texas. I mean, seriously, that screams of if you watch that whole game, you either love football beyond all belief or you need help. Um, Wake Forest Temple. I mean, the Washington State Minnesota game. The play at first, you thought this might be a decent game, but the game was just—it just wasn't a very interesting game. I tried watching it. Not too good. I mean, I'm not staying up. Let's stop digging around with this. These are bad games, okay? They're bad. I watched Miami and West Virginia. I did watch a good chunk of that game because I—I was excited about the matchup, and I did watch some of that. 
I watched the whole second half of the Utah-Indiana game, which turned out to be an entertaining game that Utah won 26-24. So, I mean, there was a couple games on the 28th, you know, even if you wanted to watch that Kansas State A&M game, it wasn't bad. Those three in a row seem to be, so far for me, the highlight. I mean, the South Florida-South Carolina game yesterday, which I had a pick on, when we get to that, we'll talk about the actual pick, but that game... I guess it was entertaining, but again, you had a ten and two team playing a six and six team, and a ten and two team lost their coach. So I don't know. Today, Emil, we have South Alabama versus Air Force. Uh, you going to be pulled up front and center watching that one? No, matter of fact, uh, I almost made it a pick. I'll, I'll be kind of surprised if Air Force doesn't drill them because you, you you know it's just South Alabama is a six and six team. I'm not even sure why they're in a bowl game. Air Force has the funky offense, which we always talk about. It's hard to prepare for. I'll be kind of surprised if that doesn't end up being a very boring game, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's talk out there, Emil, that, you know, the what's the what's, what's the other guys that are not power five? Group of five, is that what they call them? The group of five, I've heard that. Yes, yes, yes. They're They're going toward your system, even if it's not – necessarily your system the way it's set up but that's kind of what they're doing a little bit of what we talked about a long time ago like hey you guys you're never going to win a national championship playing with these other five conference you know big conferences the way it's set up now is what i'm saying they're not even trying to include them so what, the, the group of five yeah, no they're not, even, they're, they're not they're visible so so why not do what it is they're talking about, which is they're trying to put together their own little championship. And as well they should. I look, I invite that, all of this type of mayhem and anarchy. That's what I'm I, I want that. You know, to see well, from the NTA. It makes perfect class. sense. If you if you say, listen, we have hundred and twenty some division one teams, you guys are allowed to play non conference against one another. Those games will count. But at the end of the year, you you just basically draw a line. You say, you know, it's almost like soccer. I'm not a huge soccer fan like you're you're more of a soccer fan than me, but the way they have that Champions League over in, in Europe, you 64 mm-hmm. teams or whatever that number is, you're in the Champions League. That's how you determine your champion. The other 64 are going to have your own little playoff because that's really the league you belong in. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and that's just really how this thing needs to go. But I'm, I'm all for it. That might bring some real interest to this thing, and it might spearhead um, a move to this type of thing with the Power Five guys. You you see that or you don't see that? Because this whole oh, uh, I, I think it's uh, listen. It, the change is going to be slow with the NCAA because they move like the Titanic as far as they're like turning a battleship. But I think eventually all this is going to gravitate towards something closer to what you envisioned with your whole thing that you put a lot of thought into. Um, I don't know if they'll exactly set it up that way and get rid of the conference names because they have a lot of branding in Big Ten and SEC and Pac-12. But eventually, I, I, I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see 64, 65 of the biggest schools playing in those conferences and then the champion at the end. And then if you, you know, if you only have 64 teams to pick from, you don't have to go through all these goofy bowl games. You can have an 18 playoff and not feel bad about it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, I'm look. I'm just so hungry for a legit playoff that uh, you know I'll I'll look for the group five to do that. Group of five to do that. 
and see oh, I, come I was out. excited when I saw the article, Chad, because I was thinking t- this year, and maybe it's just me, and it's not really. I'm a football fan, so it's not like, oh, my team's not in it. I'm just really not stoked about the playoffs this year, and maybe it's because, you know, I maybe I wrongly feel it's it the, the result is a foregone conclusion. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be pleasantly surprised at, uh, tomorrow, but I'm just not that excited about it. Yeah, well, we'll just have to see. And by foregone con- uh, foregone conclusion, Alabama again, Alabama roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. I guess. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will say this because I'm not making a pick on the game, and I almost did. Alabama and Clemson again. I think Clemson. I'm not going to make a pick on the Clemson game. I do, but I I really do almost make Clemson a pick. I think making Clemson an underdog there is a mistake, um, but. I think those two teams are very evenly matched. So that game I might be excited to watch. And I, I don't know if it's by design or if it was already determined, but it seems like they put that in prime time at 7 o'clock. I'm guessing because they think it's going to be the better game. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about that too. I, me personally, I would have I would have put I would have put the Washington-Alabama game at prime time. But I don't know. Uh, I wonder if they seek – I wonder if they seek uh, help from Vegas <laughs> to to uh, kind of yeah. get an idea. Or maybe it was yeah. honestly, it could have been four guys. I, I don't know. I didn't study this enough. It may have been that those bowls were slotted at those times, and whoever got in them, that's when the game started. Because remember, they're using they're using bowl have, games here, right? I have a feeling that going forward, um, and I, you know, we have to go back and check last year, but I guess most would feel that. Uh, number two versus number three in any kind of playoff would would probably, by nature of the seeding, be a better game. And so that's the game that you put prime time. You know, one versus four should be yeah. more of a lopsided game. So maybe that's how that goes. I don't know. Maybe there was. And let me ask you this: How does the Peach Bowl sneak into being used in these playoffs? I mean, I don't know about your recollection of the Peach Bowl. I mean, it was a nice little game when we were kids. I mean, you got to go down to Georgia and play in it, and you know, typically the weather was okay if you were from the north, so you weren't that depressed about playing in it. But how is the Peach Bowl somehow in this this rotation to be used in the college football playoff? I mean, I never thought of the Peach Bowl like that. No, me neither. Never, ever. Uh, quite surprising for me. And so I don't know the whole rules behind the rotation on the bowl games as they use them in this thing. Uh, but lo and behold, it's the Peach Bowl slide in there. You know, God bless the Peach Bowl um, getting a piece of the pie here. So kudos to them. But uh, this is what we got today. And we're, we're going to get into some we're gonna get into uh, some of these picks here. And um we're picking four of these bad boys. Is that not correct? Are you well, why don't we do this? Since there's not a lot of games today, since there's games today, let's just slide down the games today. You know, we we can, if you have a pick, just say hey, I have a pick, and then and then you know we'll get to our picks because there are five games today. We start off in about an hour and a half. TCU is 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 listed as a three point favorite against Georgia. Um, I happen to have a pick on this game. I don't know if you do, and what your thoughts might be on that game. Is it worth watching? Is it? What do you think? Um, it's twelve. I may have nothing to do, so I'll watch it. But is it worth watching? You've got something else to do? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, two middle of the road teams. I don't watch zero football from TCU this year. So, uh, you know, I don't even know what to say. I'm I'm just going to lean towards. 
TCU in this one. I, I don't. Georgia ended up seven and five, but they weren't a really good football team this year. So maybe I'll be surprised, but I don't really have a feeling either way, other than to just say TCU is a field goal favorite. Sounds right. I'll roll with that. You okay, well, I'll make a pick on that later. Here's a game I don't know. What's your take on this game? I I really don't know what to judge of it. Uh, Elijah Hood will not play for North Carolina in this 2 o'clock uh, Sun Bowl game. And anybody who's ever watched the Sun Bowl, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever watched the Sun Bowl, there's a lot of sun but not a lot of warmth down there. It's in El Paso, Texas, and usually when this game goes off, the temperature is under 50 degrees. So, the connotation of Sun Bowl and nice warm place doesn't really fit together here. But Stanford's playing North Carolina. They're a two-point favorite. Christian McCaffrey will also not play in this game. Uh, what do you make of this game, or don't you make anything of it because you really don't know what to make of it? That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, uh, unlike you, I, I have a pick on this contest, so – We'll just save that one for the end. I've got a pick on this one. Oh, okay. Boy, we we already talked about Air Force. No need to beat that one down. Then at 3.30, we've got a a Big Ten SEC game. We've got uh, Nebraska without Tommy Armstrong, or, well, it certainly looks like he's doubtful, playing Tennessee. Tennessee's a seven-point favorite. Uh, You got any, any thoughts on that one? I do. I have a pick on this one as well. Wow, this guy this guy is just picking everything today. You know, <laughs> here's the funny thing. We're going to get to the last game today. I'm going to make a pick on the Florida State-Michigan game. You can't be picking that one, can you? Calling a timeout. Are you hearing me? Yes. All right. Just, just so you know, when this game opened today, Nebraska and Tennessee, Tennessee was a seven-point favorite. Currently, Emil, Tennessee is a ten-point favorite in this contest. So this is where are you seeing that? Because I, I my, where I'm at, there's still a seven-point favorite. Yeah, check in about. Oh no, five or just I just I just updated my screen. They're a ten-point favorite. That must be. I'm guessing that because Armstrong must be officially out or something. I'm guessing something happened there. Yeah. Yeah, I knew this. Uh, my cousin works in the casinos down in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Okay, so you still have a pick on that game then, right? Uh, I do have a pick on this game, and uh, now tell me you're not going to pick the the Michigan Florida State game because I'm going to pick that. The Michigan Florida State game, I am I am not, and my thought on that is is I want to lean towards Florida State in this game. I think it's going to be a great game, probably a game that I, I want to say Michigan will win by a field goal because they're kind of built to win games like that. Um, whereas I'm not sure Florida State is. Florida State either wins. Um, convincingly, or or they or they just don't win. You know, as I sit here and look at their schedule this year, um, they they beat Mississippi by double digits. Obviously, they did so with Charleston Southern. Then they played Louisville, and we all know what happened there. They play South Florida. They beat them by 20 points, and then they lose the close one in North Carolina. They did happen to get a one-point win against Miami. Probably shouldn't have happened. The Wake Forest game, they win it by 11 points. They get in a close one with Clemson, lose it, you know. Uh, so they've, they, they're either all or none, and you're not blowing out Michigan. I just don't see that happening. And if it's a close game, I just like this. I just Michigan seems built for that, if you ask me. So um, okay. I, I I'm like, going to make a pick on this game. Why don't we get to our picks a little bit here? Um, 
and then maybe you know if we don't touch some of the you know if we don't touch the playoffs with our picks, we can talk about that before we end the segment because I I have a pick on one of the playoff games. So why don't we just see where we end up here, and then we can hit on some of the playoffs if we don't hit on them with the picks. How's that? Well, fine. So uh, I'll start off here. Um, I'm, why don't we go pick pick for pick? I'll put one out there. You put okay? One your out record there, going into this into the, in the bowls, Chad is four and two, and overall in college football, a very healthy twenty seven and twenty one. I'm five and one in the bowls, and if anybody remembers early in the season what my record was in college, I am now twenty three, twenty four, and one. At one point in college, I was seven games under five hundred. So I've been on. A little bit of a roll. I'm almost at 500, and with these last four, I have a feeling I'll get over it. Good job crawling out of the hole there, because you were you were deep in it. My first pick is is that Stanford North Carolina game uh, early on. Christian McCaffrey told you how he felt about this game. Um, I would have to think that speaks for uh, really the rest of his football club, Stanford has played uh, some pretty important football games over the last four or five years. Uh, they're used to playing in big-time uh, football games, bigger bowl games than this one right here, so I don't know how lathered up they can get for a Sun Bowl. Sun Bowl, Emil, apart from what you uh, gave in terms of a weather, an annual weather report for the Sun Bowl, usually features a team that just doesn't want to be there. Have you found that to be true about the Sun Bowl? Every year. Well, we we all, we all famously remember my Trojans not showing up for the Sun Bowl dinner in Matt Barkley's senior year, the year they were, came into the season ranked number one and finished seven and five going into that game. They had no interest. They didn't attend the events. That was when Lane Kiffin was the coach. Uh, they, very poor showing on their part in that game, if you remember. Terrible game. Georgia Tech beat them like 21-7. Yeah, typically Sun Bowl features a team that doesn't want to be there. If I had to guess between these two teams... Who doesn't want to be there? I have to guess it would be Stanford, who has uh, certainly played in bigger and better games than this. So I don't know that we're going to get the best of Stanford here. North Carolina happened to be rising up um, and trying to move things in the right direction. You know, there was a point in the season where they thought they'd be somewhere bigger and better than this, but they've had enough time to adjust their mindset to that. I like North Carolina in this one. I think they're going to be more amped up, more ready, more willing to, you know, play game, and I just like them as an underdog in this one. Uh, it's a point and a half, if, if I'm not mistaken, that I'm getting North You Carolina are correct, here. sir. I'll You're take correct. One um, okay, so he's got North Carolina. Let me throw out my first one. It's the game before that. Yeah, You know, this game started off as a pick, and I thought that was pretty much the right line here, pick between two average teams. Somehow they've installed TCU as a three-point favorite against Georgia, and I'm going to take Georgia plus three because I think you got two separate. Again, this is a, a, a program TCU who's been accustomed the last you know five seven years playing in some nice big games, Rose Bowls. If if anyone wants to remember, uh, got left out of the national first playoff that one year where they destroyed somebody and went 12 and one in a bowl game. Uh, now they're left at six and six, finished their season getting. Patty whacked by Kansas State, and now they play a Georgia team with a first-year coach trying to launch his program into its next phase for next year. I think Georgia will be the team more motivated in this game, and you're getting three points to boot. So for me, uh, I'm going to grab the SEC Georgia Bulldogs. I think they'll play enough defense in this game to slow down TCU and win it outright. 
All right, my next game is uh, Nebraska and Tennessee, the game that has moved sharply in the other direction. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Nebraska in this one. Tennessee, this is not where they wanted to be, not where they thought they would be. Remember that magical season Tennessee was having? And yeah. uh, it just kind of fell apart for them. Um, you know, so I, this is not where I think Tennessee wants to be. Um, I, I don't – I. They're getting all these points here, and it's for something I think Nebraska already knew was going to be the case. Now Tennessee walks into this thing unsure, really, of what, uh, how Nebraska is going to attack them, you know, how things are going to work here. Uh, they kind of might, they might be walking into a buzzsaw. Just right now, I don't see Tennessee 10 points better. They lost by 11 points in their season ender against Vanderbilt. And uh, we all saw Vanderbilt in their game against NC State. Uh, I just don't see Tennessee 10 points better than someone in a bowl game right now that's also from a uh, Power 5 conference. So I'm going to go with Nebraska in this one and grab the double digits at 10. Yeah, I like that pick, too. The more I look at that, you know, Tennessee had that, that three-game losing streak when they came back to earth against A&M, Alabama, and South Carolina. And then they won three in a row against the, the bottom of the SEC before Vanderbilt took them out. I'm not sure that, like you said, I think there are, people are overplaying the hand on the quarterback situation here. I think Nebraska will be more excited about this game. I, I, I like your pick. Yeah, so what's your second? My second one, I'm going down to that night game, Michigan-Florida State. Michigan's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I want Florida State in this game. This game has two teams that like to hit quarterbacks, um, that get to the quarterback, uh, two, uh, Michigan, I don't think, is a team built to blow out a team that's playing decent defense right now. And Florida State certainly fixed a lot of their early season problems. Uh, you know, they've they've straightened that out in large part. And I think that this game just reeks of a game, as you said, it ends a field goal, four points, something like that. But you know, down the stretch. Florida State in their last four games gave up 20 points, 7 points, 14 points, and 13 points. So they fixed some of those defensive problems. Michigan isn't a team built to just throw the ball over the place anyway. So I like 6.5 points in this game. I'll take Florida State with those points. All right. I, uh, I almost uh, I leaned really hard uh, on making Louisville a pick in this game as a three-point underdog. Uh, what eventually ended up scaring me was just the way they played defense. Uh, closing out the season, and if they are going to play defense that way, they're not going to be able to beat LSU. So, uh, you know, I got a little scared. So, yeah, I'm like that. you too. I don't think I don't think either team is going to care much in that game. So, I don't want to figure out which team cares less. I don't think either team is going to be extremely excited about playing that game just because of guys sitting out and all that good stuff. So, I'm not really going to try to figure that one out. Yeah, uh, so my next pick ends up being on one of the playoff games, and that is Ohio State and Clemson. Uh, we heard everyone up in arms about Ohio State and them making it into this into this college football playoff. A, a lot of people felt like, you know, uh, some people were jobbed here and that Ohio State didn't deserve to be there. And Ohio State was not – they were a little wishy-washy down the stretch. And, well, you know, they, they did have a couple of blowout wins there against Nebraska. Nothing really to write home about, but um, you know, the Michigan, the Michigan State game, the Northwestern game, and you know a lot of folks felt like they really probably lost that Michigan game, and so now to come off of that and make them a favorite in this game against Clemson, it's a little bit of a slap in the face to the Clemson Tigers, who you know there was some concern about them during the season. They just looked lackluster in some in some games. Um, they they were in games that were closer than people expected them to be. 
eventually ended up losing a game to an unranked Pittsburgh team. So that kind of took people off of the whole Clemson bandwagon. So um, they've had that pressure off of them. And the pressure's not on them in this game. They come in as a three-point underdog. And, um, you know, they've gotten their act together offensively in in the last few games and started playing some defense as well. So I think that carries in, plus the experience of being in this whole college football playoff last year again. Uh, now an Ohio State team that has very little experience, very little experience at all um, in playing in, in, in this type of a bowl game. I'm going to go with Clemson in this one as a three-point underdog. Love them as a dog here. Well, look at you. Yeah, look at Rolling that. Rolling with the game. Tigers. I, I actually may almost made them a pick. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Clemson in that spot. I think their offensive and defensive lines can hold up against Ohio State. And I just really don't like the way Ohio State's passing game looked down the stretch. So I'm with you there. I'm going to surprise some people here. Um, I'm going with the other playoff game. I'm grabbing all those 13 and a half points with Washington. You know, do I think do I think they're going to win the game outright? Mm, probably not. But they don't have to. I mean, that's a big number. And you know, for about three weeks now, Washington, as a 12 and one team, has sat around listening to just the coronation of Alabama. And I don't care how focused Nick Saban is, if he can blow out Washington and get his kids ready in this spot to, you know, not and take them more seriously than I think they may be, he that that program's a juggernaut. We know that, but man, that's going to be impressive. I think Washington's an underrated team. I think they'll come to play. I think their defensive line can hold up to the Alabama running game, if they can grab a few turnovers, this could get interesting. I think in the end they're going to lose, you know, let's say 30-23, 30-20, something like that. But I think they're going to be competitive in this game for a lot longer than Michigan State was last year, which was the kickoff. So. Yeah, I was up and down on this game. With a gun in my head, though, Emil, I would take Alabama in this one. Um but I'm and I understand I'm, that. I think I think that's most of the country, Chad. I think right now you you know what's pushed this point spread from the fourteen and a half point opening down to thirteen isn't the square betters as as they call them. I, I bet you if you look at the percentages and you can do this, I just haven't taken the time online. I bet you most of the tickets they're getting are on Alabama. But I'm going to bet you a lot of the big tickets they're getting from the pros or on Washington because it's just, it's tough. I mean, Washington's given up 316 yards a game. It's not like they're a poor defensive club. They have the components to stay in this game. And you may be right. Maybe Alabama just goes out and shows me and everyone else this, you know, there's nobody close to us and they beat them 31-3. I don't know. But I just, to me, 13 and a half points here. What bothers me is in the only type of game this year, that Washington played against a team kind of like an Alabama was at home against USC and they got handled uh, and lost by 13. And this is, uh, you know, this is a, this is, this is a good Alabama team, maybe one of the greatest of all time. And you're on a neutral site. That that just bugs me. You know, I, yeah, Yeah, I, I, I hear you, and, and, and this is a little bit of me with my gut, me with Peterson as a coach. Um, I think, you know, this is going to sound funny to people. I think Alabama is different from USC in this respect. I think with USC and Darnell, the quarterback right now, they can toss the ball around on the outside a little bit more without even needing, you know, they ran the ball against Washington, but they didn't. They can just go out back and pass. I think Alabama is set up that they want to hammer you 
and then this kid goes over the top. And I think Washington, their defensive tackles are big, and I think that they can maybe stand up for a while and hopefully in the process grab a couple turnovers. I mean, that's one thing that Alabama has gotten away with because they're so good is they've turned the ball over sometimes. And I'm hoping that, you know, they can get a few of those and get an early lead. But I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to argue against Alabama's greatness. I just got a gut feeling here. Yeah, one of the things that, uh, too, might help you if you're a Washington backer or fan in this one is, is, is Lane Kiffin um, getting a head coaching job. He, you know, how, how much, how focused was he on the game plan for this contest? So that might help you there some. You know, Lane's. Um, what's the word? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's just some things here. I, I, I don't like when teams, Chad, I don't like when teams get coronated before these big games. I think it's very hard to stay as, as focused as you should be and not, not, you know, not eat all the cheese that they're throwing your way. I think the makers of this whole 14 playoff would love to see Washington win it and uh, add some drama to it. It would legitimize what they've got going on here. I think the last thing they want is an Alabama-Clemson meeting again. But, no, so we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see. That so let's get to our last pick. I, we, okay, what's your last one here? Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going with three puppies here, you know, three dogs. Uh, I'm going to go with a favorite, and that's your guys, USC, uh, in this game. Penn State still feeling, um, you know, they got here. They got 11 wins. Great for them. Kudos for them. I just – Remember seeing them getting all types of handled by Wisconsin in that uh, Big Ten championship game, and then they pulled something out of you-know-where to come back and win it. They can ill afford to play a game like that against USC, who's on fire, and I think USC is really hell-bent on on just keeping the momentum and flying into 2017 full speed. I mean, they've absolutely gone out and um, crushed people to end this year. Since that loss at Utah, they've just been a whole nother football team. We've talked about it several times on this show. Granted, it hasn't been the greatest of competition. Um, Colorado and Washington, two good games there, but the rest of them were, you know, folks struggling. But nevertheless, they went out and totally kicked the rear ends of those teams. And I just like the way USC is playing right now. And uh, they're just, to me right now, a better team than Penn State. The speed is going to show the difference in athleticism is going to show, and at some point USC is going to run away with this game. So I like them as a seven-point favorite against Penn State. Wow. And, uh, you know, I hate to agree and I hate to jinx them, but that's my other game. I mean, I, I you know, I try to stay away a couple times this year. I've even picked against USC, but this is one where I sit down and look at the matchups first athletically. There's things that Penn State got away with against Wisconsin's defensive backs I don't think will work against USC. They played a little, we call them pool, poke and hope. You know, you don't call the pocket. McSorley threw some balls up that his receivers just beasted away from Wisconsin DBs who looked lost back there. I don't think you'll get that with USC, and I think USC presents some problems for Penn State, especially offensively with the quarterback and the the speed USC has uh, in their backfield. I think, you know, if, if, if they get a running game going, it won't be Wisconsin where you know what's coming. It'll be, well, we're going to go play action over the top, I also think Penn State's fan base, and there has to be filtering to their players, they feel they should be somewhere else. And I've told a couple people up here, you better be focused on the, the, the team in front of you in that Rose Bowl or they're going to drag you all over the field for 60 minutes. So yeah. I, I just I think, I think that that's going to play into this, and I see this game kind of like a 37-20 USC win or something like that. 
3720? Something yeah, like that. I, I, you know. It might end up being even more of a blowout than that. But, well, uh, that's why they play the game, so we'll just have to see. All right, we can flip over into the NFL right now. We're not going to take that break because we're not working with much here. Thanks again, once again, Blog Talk Radio. Um, so we're going to just jump right into the NFL right now. Jump into these picks. No need to go through and really analyze these games. We could talk about a couple of them. Um, that have some playoff implications if they're not. Yeah, well, if we don't pick them, we'll talk about them. Well, there's only a couple, so let's just pick them and we'll see what we, we don't pick. And uh, there's not much to talk about in terms of meaningful games. There's only three or four. We may pick them anyway, so. Yeah, uh, so we'll go like we did in college football, tit for tat here. Uh, Texans and Tennessee, um, you know, you know, I've kind of made my way uh, throughout this season with teams that lose a, lose an important player or a quarterback just for one game. Yes, uh, Matt Castle came in in relief and didn't look like New England Matt Castle last week, but um, I think he just totally was caught by surprise there. Uh, I think he gives you a better performance this week with a little better time to prepare against a Texans team that's trying and is going to feel all types of pressure. But you know what? Tennessee's the favorite in this contest. And I just think somebody knows something. So as a three-point favorite, I'm going to back Tennessee in this game at home against the Texans. How about that? The Tennessee Titans. All right. Uh, I'm going to start off with a favorite myself. Buffalo fired their coach. And from what I understand, the players like Anthony Lynn, and they want him to be named the next head coach. I have a feeling the weight of getting the coach that they really didn't care for that much off their back and playing to get the interim coach the job, which we've seen work in college many times, is going to bode well for the Buffalo Bills this week. I don't think the Jets have any interest in putting up a fight here at all. The Bills, for what it's worth, can still finish 500. The Jets, their season's been over a long time ago. Um, I'm going to take the Bills minus three and a half there. Yeah, Jets, uh, one major disaster uh, at this point in time. Carolina and Tampa Bay, I, I, I mean, I like what the Buccaneers have been able to do this season. A little bit of a breakout year for them. I just, you know, I feel, I don't feel good about what happened last week, but that's on the heels of back-to-back games. And, uh, you know, the first part of that back-to-back was the Dallas Cowboys that got beat up there a little bit. So, you know, I think they just kind of weren't ready for, for uh, the Saints game last week. They got to put it all on the line right here against Carolina. And, you know, the Panthers have just, uh, they looked like a team that was folding up the tent last week against the Atlanta Falcons at home. I just don't know that Carolina's going to bring a whole lot to this party. Um, earlier this year, Tampa Bay came to Carolina and, and was able to beat the Panthers. Uh, I don't think the Panthers now can turn around and go into Tampa and, and reverse things, not in their current mindset. So I'm going to roll with Tampa Bay that's looking with their young quarterback, Jameis Winston, to build um, for the future, I just think they're going to be the better, more motivated game, and um, more motivated team in this game. So I'm going to back Tampa Bay in this contest. They are four-point favorites. Okay, and I'm going to roll into a game. Anybody who knows the Harbaugh family knows they compete at everything, whether it's Monopoly. Um, you look at that team, Baltimore, last year. They were having a horrible year, a ton of injuries, but they, they competed in every game, lost a lot of them in the fourth quarter. Uh, they play Cincinnati this week. It's a pick. I'll take the Ravens. They, they can still have a winning season. I think that means something to that organization. Um, I don't think they're going to just, you know, go in there and lay down where I think the Bengals' season's been over for a while right now. They're playing for nothing. I'm not sure they even know if their coach will be back. 
and you know their you know their best offensive weapon Green is not going to play in this game. I think the Ravens will go in there, get the win, and finish you know nine and seven on the season. Um, all right, definitely definitely a good pick. The Ravens are out. Am I correct on that? They're out. They're done. Yeah, but but I'm I'm looking. I'm, in these kind of games, I look for who has something at least to play for. You know, I look at the way the Ravens are are run. It's a well-run organization. I think winning means something to a team like that, and being a, a winning season versus a 500 season, it's something to go into your off-season program and say we're not that far away. You know, we're we're, we're nine and seven. We're probably in if we got to ten and six. Yeah, help me out. And this is not going to make a difference to me here, but help me out on the playoff scenarios. In this game, uh, it's the it's the last game on Sunday. It's the Packers and the Lions. Uh, help me out with the scenarios there. Uh, it's pretty simple at this point. Uh, it, whoever wins the game wins the North. And if the Redskins win, uh, the loser of this game is done. They're out uh, because the Redskins are eight six and one. They would finish nine six and one, and the loser of this game is going to be nine and seven. So really. By kickoff, we'll know if this is a you know a win and you're in situation. Now, if the Redskins lose, uh, the the loser of this game will still be the second wild card. It looks like because Tampa Bay's only way in, believe it or not, they need five teams to lose and they need the Redskins and Giants to end up in a tie. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that isn't happening. Bucks so. are eliminated. So. Man, that has got uh, the NFL playing this just well. I mean, you couldn't have a better game as the final game uh, on a Sunday night. Nevertheless, Emil, um, you know, I talked about this on Monday. The Packers have just been absolutely on fire as of late. They've ripped off five straight wins. Um, they they they've beaten back to back divisional opponents here with the Bears and the Vikings. But I pointed it out, Emil. They got into some old bad habits in that game against Minnesota. Um, and that is, we just don't want to run the ball. We want to make it the Aaron Rodgers show. And I think that continues this week, and it cost them. This is the third divisional game in a row. They're going to be a little frayed at the edges. That's, that's another thing to look at here. And uh, the Lions find themselves in a rare situation where they, they're, they could be headed to the playoffs. And on the heels of back-to-back losses, mind you, against two very good teams, on the road, Giants and the Cowboys, I think that's crafted this line in which the Packers come to town as the favorites in this contest. And um, I think the Lions are going to end up being the more motivated and prepared team in this game. Detroit went into Green Bay earlier this year and lost a hard-fought game by only a touchdown. And I think coming back right. home, they have a chance to reverse that. I like their chances of reversing it. And uh, I just see the Packers not – I see the Packers just reverting to their old weight. They very well, after all that, not make it into the playoffs this year. That makes it very, very interesting. But you can give me the line at home as a three-point underdog in this contest. I like that. Yeah, you know, I like that pick too because I think there's going to be a lot of people running to Green Bay, buying the media narrative. You know, and uh, again, I see a lot of those same habits creeping back in where, you know, let's just let Aaron Rodgers win the game for us. And, you know, they played better when they were letting number 88 run with the ball once in a while as a running back. He had 150 yards in one game, and then they just got away from it. So I'm with you there, but I'm not going to make that a pick. My last pick is I'm going to take the Denver Broncos minus one here. Um, I I know that, you know, the backup can sometimes have sometimes have success in that first game. 
But I think the stench of what's happened to the Broncos, uh, they're going to take one last shot at home here of ruining a rival's chance to win the division and try to wipe that away for the post, you know, going into the offseason, finish with a 9-7 and seven record. Um, and I think it's going to be hard for McGloin. As much as he's gritty and all that stuff, I keep hearing about it. He He's a, a step down from Carr, and I think that team may be in shock this week. A little bit of shock. I mean, I know people say maybe they'll band together. Maybe they will, but I don't think I don't see it that way. I see a team that's going to have a, an adjustment period mentally. They're not going to have their leader out there, and I think that that's going to hurt them in this spot. So I'm going to take the Broncos at home to ruin their arch rivals' chances of winning the AFC West. Denver minus one. Very interesting. I see that scenario. Plus, they're a proud franchise anyway. That I don't think will just lay down because you know they're not going to be a part of the postseason. Okay, let's stroll into the fantasy football focus. And uh, right now we, uh, we've got the records on this thing. I've made a miraculous comeback in this thing and, and ended up 7-5 and five on this. You're sitting at 5-7. and seven. But, uh, you know, the final week's always very interesting because teams sit, you don't know who's motivated and all that. So you got to kind of get crappy in putting this thing together. And once again, folks, just want to remind you that the Fantasy Football Focus on Gridiron Stud Show is sponsored by FanDuel. If you're a fantasy football fan, if you're really knowledgeable of football, each and every week is a full season. It's a brand new season at FanDuel.com. So uh, head on over there. You're not tied into a full season and small amounts to get into the games. And you can walk out with big prizes, 100000 200000 half a million dollars. All that can happen for you at FanDuel.com. So head over there right now and put in the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS and get yourself a nice bonus. Fantasy football is uh, on swole, if I could use that term, at uh, FanDuel.com. You've got thousands and thousands of people jumping over there each and every week and getting it done. So uh, if you're a brand-new guy, no problem. They've got games for you. If you're experienced, you can jump into the big pot games and uh, have yourself a mighty good weekend. All right, Abel, I'm going to jump on first with what I've got here. I've made... Uh, I've, you know what? I'm, I've built my comeback on finding um, bar, basement bargain basement quarterbacks, and I'm going to do that again this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Castle. Talked about it. Uh, backup quarterback coming in for Tennessee. Going to get a full week of preparation under his belt. Uh, you know, Houston. Not sure what Tennessee is going to do. He's a different quarterback, a very different quarterback than Marcus Mariota. So. Uh, Houston's going to come into this thing quite unsure as to how they're going to be attacked, and uh, I think Castle will have a little bit of success there with that. Only going to cost you $6,100 at FanDuel, so I'm going to use that, and then I'm going to spend the money that I saved there on a running back. You talked about Buffalo wanting to come out and you know um, get get after the New York Jets and you know do, perform well for for the for the interim coach and get him. Uh, hired, I would have to think a big part of that would be their best player, LaShawn McCoy, doing his thing. So I'm going to bank on that. I'm with you on the whole Buffalo pick. The Jets are just not interested at all. They've looked really, really bad the last few weeks. Um, and defense is usually uh, where teams kind of let go at the end of the year. I see the Jets doing that, and I think that's a big benefit to LaShawn McCoy. Uh, so I'm going to take him as a running back. It's going to cost you a pretty penny at 9100 but we save money on the quarterback. And then finally, uh, you know, I talked about Detroit being, uh, you know, doing their thing against Green Bay. This one might end up being a shootout. I think two quarterbacks in this game uh, with everything on the line are going to be front and center, putting up yards, points, and all that. And one of the beneficiaries, if you're on Detroit, uh, of, of a shootout is going to be wide receiver Golden Tate, who's, you know, kind of the go-to guy for Matthew Stafford. 
And uh, I think he's going to have a big game in this one against Green Bay. So those are my guys, Cassell, McCoy, and Tate. Uh, Tate's going to cost you 5700 at uh, FanDuel. Okay, so, I, I, like, I like where you're headed there. Here, here's my three. Um, you hit you hit one on your earlier comment. Uh, I think I think the Panthers pretty much showed you that they're not interested in the rest of this season, uh, which is one game remaining. And you know their leader, uh, you, you know the linebacker, he's gone with the concussion. He's out. The middle linebacker. I think I think this is a game where Jameis Winston goes crazy, taking you into the off season. The Bucks had a nice season. I think they'd like to put. A topper on that finish with a winning record. I think for that that to happen, he has to go nuts. So I'm going to take Jameis Winston in that game. Then my running back, I'm going to go with Darren Sproles. Uh, the Cowboys have like five healthy defensive linemen, and I have a feeling if anything suffers with Dallas in this game, they're not going to be very interested in getting anyone injured on defense. I have you know a very good good gut feeling that Sean Lee will be out of this game pretty quickly, whether he likes it or not. Uh, I think Sproles can have himself a big game uh, against the Cowboys' backups, both running and catching the ball, a key there. So I'm going to take Darren Sproles. And then finally, at wide receiver, we're both going back to that game, but I'm going back to the Buffalo game for Sammy Watkins. Games like this at the end of the year, even though Buffalo likes to run the ball, these games get kind of crazy. It's almost like those schoolyard games you played in as a kid. The ball starts flying all over the place. and. Uh, Watkins made some comments this week that for the Buffalo Bills to take the next step, they have to be more prepared and more professional. That tells me that maybe he's more prepared and more professional, and he's going to go out there and put on a show the last game of 2016. So I'll take Watkins. He did quote say he did say quote uh, the next coach is going to have to be tough on us, and uh, so I guess that would suggest that it was a little bit of a, a party there under Rex Ryan, and the party's over. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm with you on that. You know, I think uh, I like anything coming out of that Bills game because I just think some points are going to get there. So <laughs> yeah, I know we'll, the, the Jets showed us what they were about the last two weeks, allowing what 75 points in their last two games. I don't think the Jets are much interested in the defensive end of that game. So yeah, and then just a reminder that the Bills last week put up 598 yards against the Miami Dolphins. So anything close to that again this week, and I think you got a good chance of. Uh, Sammy Watkins being a part of that. So we'll just have to see. Some good picks there, my friend. Real quick before we go, run through this. I know you're a guy that stays on top of this stuff, so we'll talk about the uh, the, the playoff scenarios here. The Texans versus Titans, is that for the division? It's over. No, Texans have the division. The Texans are locked in as the number four seed. They're, in the AFC, it's it's pretty simple. The Dolphins are the number six seed. The, the Texans are the four seed, and the Steelers – are the three seed. What's fluid is the one, two, and five positions. The the Patriots win, they're the one seed. The Patriots lose and the Raiders win, the Raiders would slide up to the one, dropping the Patriots to the two. Um, Regardless of what the Patriots do, if the Raiders lose, okay, the Patriots automatically are the one seed. And if the Kansas City Chiefs win, that could slide them all the way up to the two seed and drop the Raiders to the five. So those games have meaning, those, those three games right there. You know, if the Chiefs win and the Raiders lose, that's a huge, obviously huge game for both teams because being in that two seed and getting the week off is, is a, I, I think, regardless of what happened in certain years where people talk about the Giants' run when they won four in a row both times for those two Super Bowls in the last ten years, that's a hard road to take. You're far better in that two seed. So nothing can change here for the Miami Dolphins. 
No, they're 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 locked in. I mean, they're you know think about it. They can't jump Oakland or Kansas City, so they're the six seed. It's simple. They didn't win their division. They're the six seed, and they're going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I wonder how they approach this game against the visiting New England Patriots, who do have something to play for. Uh, interesting. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm playing because here's the thing: they have something good going. I I don't know if they're good enough to to let that momentum go. I, they have some momentum. I think you want to keep playing sound football even if you lose. You don't want to get sloppy and then try to fix that next week before a playoff game. Any chance uh, the Falcons could move? Yeah, oh, the NFC, let's get to that. The NFC is crazy. The Cowboys are locked in as the one seed. And at this point, the Giants are pretty much locked in as the five seed. And this is where it gets all kinds of nuts. So follow along right now. The Atlanta Falcons are the two seed as we sit here today. Seattle Seahawks are the three seed. And the winner of the Packers-Lions is the four seed. Now, as I said earlier, Redskins win. They go to 9-6-1. and one. They're in. They control their own destiny. They're in as the six seed, which means the loser of the Packers-Lions is out. Redskins wow. lose. They drop to 8-7-1, and one, which means automatically – uh, the, the Packers-Lions loser is in as the sixth seed, so you're playing for either a, a, a three, four, or a six there. Then, here's where it gets crazy. Falcons follow now, so go slow. Falcons lose, Seahawks win. Seahawks become the two seed at 10-5-1, and one, okay? Mm-hmm. Falcons win, they're the two seed. Seahawks what win, with, yeah. they stay in the three seed, but they could drop to the four seed. If they lose and they go 9-6-1, and one, the winner of the Packers-Lions game would become the three seed. You see, the NFC, there's all yeah. kind of seeding ramifications. Playoff spot. Yeah, you're, you're, there's all kinds of – I mean, hey, if you're the Seahawks, how big is it? I mean, for the Seahawks to be a two seed is huge because that gives them that first playoff game at home where they're tough to beat. And then basically, let's assume Dallas were to hold serve. They have to win one game at Dallas to get to the Super Bowl versus if they – and I'm I'm assuming Dallas wins. Dallas could lose, of course. But the Seahawks, if they go to the three or four seed, that means they they get a home playoff game. Then they got a road game either at Atlanta or Dallas. And then they have to have another road game, which I don't think they're going to navigate this year. I don't think they can win back-to-back road games. They're They're not playing that well. Yeah, these guys need the Saints to step up and beat the Falcons for them. Um, and Atlanta, yeah. I think, Amos going to be a bit of a problem in these playoffs. Oh, I think it. Listen, I, I think Atlanta, to, to me, in the NFC, as a Cowboy fan, the biggest challenger to the Cowboys is Atlanta. That's the way I see it right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've. Uh, granted, they played some bums here lately, but they're just putting up points like crazy. 38-28, even in a loss to the Chiefs, 42-41-33. Historically, I don't know where they are in terms of uh, points scored. They're the the highest scoring team in the NFL right now, and uh, I think they're approaching some historical levels. 502 points this season. Um, no, they're, they're behind that Denver team from a few years ago in the New England 2017. But they're definitely 502 points is going to put them, if we go search, I'm sure in the top 10 all time. I'm almost certain of that. Um, but, you know, the only the only advantage as a Cowboy fan I like against the Falcons is they don't they're not very interested in defense. They've allowed 370 some points this year, which you know says to me 
in a game against them, you know, most likely Dallas can negate a lot of Atlanta's offense by just making them watch a large chunk of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, going to be a lot of fun, man. Playoff football. I wish we had, a, like, a real playoff in college football. But never yeah, I know. Got these bowl games today. We do end with a good one tonight. Michigan and Florida State at the Orange Bowl, just down the street here from me. So I'll definitely be tuned in and interested in that. Um, and then we've got our playoff games tomorrow. Um, sure, look, we can say what we want about it, but we'll definitely be tuned in to those two, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Washington. So looking forward to that. And then looking forward to recapping it. Now, um, a little programming announcement. Obviously, I'm going to be in a bowl game on Monday, so we won't be able to wrap up the weekend action on Monday. Uh, probably going to have to move that to Tuesday, but stay uh, on our Twitter account, at GIS. Show BG for information on the next Gridiron Stud Show. I'm going to be searching for a new platform, too, by the way. Enough blog talk. Yeah, you got to search. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy. Be safe New Year's Eve. Yes, I do echo that as well. And I want to thank all of you for listening, not only today, but throughout the year. So um, we appreciate that. Enjoy the weekend for Emil Calamino. I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.